Jesus' part in this is that he takes loving, caring, uh, intimate, caring relationship with us. He's our protector. He's our door. People, you know, his, his job is to protect us from those who would try to slaughter us, those who would try to steal us. He says, I am the door. Hello, and welcome to the Portland General Baptist Church Sunday School Podcast. What is theology? The word theology can seem intimidating at first, but all it really means is the study of God. Join us as we continue our Sunday School series entitled, Intro to Theology. Welcome back to Sunday School today. Uh, If you have your Bibles, we're going to be studying out of John chapter 10. Verses 1 to 30. John chapter 10, verses 1 to 30. Now, before we get into this, let me say that this particular scripture, John 10, 1 to 30, is the scripture we're going to be using this week, as well as the scripture we're going to be using next week. So you may want to take a couple of minutes before we get into this lesson. Uh, You may want to uh, uh, read John 10, 1 to 30. Uh, we're going to be dealing with a lot of things, extended discussion on sheep and shepherds and so on. So, so take a few minutes, refresh your memory of this particular scripture, and then, and then we're going to start, start our Sunday school. As I said, John chapter 10, verses 1 to 30, we're dealing with an extended discussion of sheep and shepherds. And so that's what we're going to be dealing with this week as well as next week. I would like to uh, open us up with a word of prayer as we start our next, our next lesson in our theology series, Christology series, with the I Am Statements of Jesus. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we come before your throne of grace. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity once again to gather in Sunday school. Lord, Lord, just to study your word. We pray now, Lord, that you would be be the real teacher to us, that your Holy Spirit would enlighten the Word, make it alive inside of our hearts. We give you honor and praise for this through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen and amen. The reason why John John chapter 10 is going to be our scripture for this week and next week is that two of the seven I am statements take place in the same chapter. In verses 1 to 10, Jesus is making this statement, I am the door to the sheepfold. I am the door. So that, that by the way, is going to be the focus of our study today. I am the door. Uh, when you get to verses 11 through 30, he gives us our second I am statement uh, in this chapter, which is I am the good shepherd. So really, this study today and the study next week go hand in hand. I am the door to the sheepfold today, and next week will be I am the good shepherd. Now, obviously we're going to be dealing with sheep and with shepherding those sheep. And the first thing I have to say before we even get into this, we have to try to put aside our 21st century knowledge of everything we know about uh, being being a sheep herder uh, of of the way tending sheep works because today we deal with thousands of sheep in one in one gathering we deal with dogs and motorcycles motorbikes to round them up and so on we have big semi trailers that we load them onto to take them either to slaughter or to ship them overseas and so on uh, the the sheep industry is a huge 21st century industry that's not what we're talking about here so we have to try to keep in mind that the the idea of being a shepherd in Jesus's time is a lot different than being a shepherd in the 21st century. Uh, During Jesus's time, we're talking about 
small folds or flocks of sheep. Uh, we are dealing with 20 to 100 sheep, not, not the thousands on the modern day farms. Uh, the idea of the shepherd, he had one basic goal, which was to make sure that the sheep were safe. And safety includes all of those essential things, such as being well-fed, well-watered. He actually developed a relationship with the sheep. He, you know, in most cases, he actually named them, and he knew them by name. Uh, instead of being slaughtered for meat, as they are a lot today, mostly uh, the sheep were prized for their wool, because it was from their wool that you know a lot of the clothing and so on was made. So. Uh, we have to, as I said, we have to try to put aside our 21st century knowledge of the sheepfold and, and, and apply it to Jesus' time. Now, when Jesus made the statement that I am the door and later on in that chapter to say I am the, you know, I am the good shepherd, there's no way that a, a hearer of this scripture in Jesus' time would not have reflected back to all of their Old Testament teachings on this because the Old Testament gave a lot of scriptures dealing with bad Jewish shepherds, talking about dealing with, with, with the Jewish people themselves. I mean, you look at Jeremiah chapter 3, Jeremiah chapter 25, Isaiah chapter 56, Ezekiel chapter 24. All of those scriptures deal with the bad shepherds the bad leaders over the people of Israel. But the one scripture that, is, that, that would be paramount in their minds, which should be paramount in our minds as well, if we're dealing with Jesus being the door to the sheepfold, Jesus later being, being called, you know, call, call himself, I am the good shepherd, is Psalm chapter 23. What is it that Psalm 23 says? The Lord is my shepherd. All right. Now remember, these are the I am statements of Christ. I am, as we have studied over the past few weeks, by calling himself I am in, in, in this special way, he is going back to Exodus chapter 3 when Moses asked uh, God, what is your name? And in Exodus chapter 3, the response from God is that sacred name. In Hebrew, it's four letters, Y-H-W-H. It's where we get the modern word Yahweh. Uh, and it simply means, I am that I am. So God's name is simply, I am. So now Jesus, seven times in the New Testament, uses that I am in reference to himself. Because we've already, we, we've already studied about the Trinity. Jesus is God. And by saying, I am, he's making that direct connection to Yahweh, that, that direct connection to God himself. So here Jesus says, I am the door. All right. Using that I am statement, uh, you know, being God and I'm the door to the sheepfold. So I want to break down a little, you know, you know, a few little statements in this scripture and see exactly what is going on. First of all, I want to talk about the sheepfold itself. The sheepfold itself. The sheepfold is where the sheep would sleep for the night. Uh, it was their safe haven. If, if, uh, if the shepherd happened to be close, close to town, a couple of flocks would go together in an already established sheepfold, and uh, they, would, you know, they would just combine the sheep put them together, there was one entryway, and that's where the shepherd would go in the next morning to call his sheep out. 
If they had taken the sheep far away from the city, uh, then they would try to put them into a cave or a gully or something to try to keep them safe. Or at the very least, put them in a way where you could pin them in with bushes and logs and whatever. Uh, the, the aim, of course, was to keep the sheep safe, to protect the sheep for the night. Uh, however, these, uh, these shepherds would basically make themselves the door, especially if they weren't in the city. They would try to cave them in or surround them in with logs and so on, and they would have one entry and one exit, and the door would be the shepherd himself. And that's why the Bible says that thieves and robbers would try to climb in some other way. They, they would try to get over the logs, try to get over the bushes or whatever in order to try to steal the sheep. But the shepherd himself would be that human door to, to try to say, if you want into this sheepfold, if you want out of the sheepfold, you're supposed to come by me. All right, He is the door to the sheepfold. Uh, that brings us to uh, the intimacy that the shepherd has with these sheep. If you remember, I told you he tended to name the sheep. He knew them by name. And as Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. When they were in the city, the shepherd could walk through that door, the already made door, and simply call, call for a sheep. And there was this intimacy he had with them. They knew his voice. I want you to think about, you know, you can almost compare this to having a pet, like a dog or something. Uh, my dog's name is Indy. And when I, uh, when, I, when, I, when, when I go home uh, this afternoon, uh, the first thing she will do is she'll be wagging her tail. I'll say, hey, Indy girl, how are you? And she will hear my voice and she's just as happy as she can be because I'm home. And of course she jumps up on the gate. She wants to be petted and all that type of stuff. You know, if we're in the house, uh, it doesn't, I, don't, I don't, don't even have to call her name. There's a phrase I use once in a while. I'll say, poor little baby. Uh, if I say that inside the house, she comes running because she hears my voice and she knows I want to pet her on the head or something. Uh, so there's this relationship I have with my dog. The other members of my family have that same relationship with the dog uh, and the dog responds to our voice. Jesus uses this idea of the shepherd and the sheep and the sheep, sheep, sheep know his voice as an allegory of, 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 of their intimacy with that shepherd. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is our shepherd. We are the sheep, which means that Jesus' part in this is that he takes loving, caring, uh, intimate, caring relationship with us. He's our protector. He's our door. People, you know, his, his job is to protect us from those who would try to slaughter us, those who would try to steal us. He says, I am the door. Uh, you have to get through me. In order, in order to get to that sheepfold. And by the same token, we have that intimacy with the Lord. He knows us by name. And whenever he calls our name, we are, we are, attentive. We, we are attentive and we are, we are listening for him. And we are, we, are, we are responding to him. If other people come up to my gate at my house, even if they know my dog's name is Indy, when they say Indy, she's not going to respond. And if she does respond, it's going to be negatively. She's going to bark. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know, you know, especially Cynthia, if you start coming towards Cynthia and you haven't established anything with Indy, she will stand in the middle and she's ready to guard. 
because she's not going to let anything happen to her. Uh, that's just her nature. And she has no problem growling and showing her teeth and all that type of stuff. Uh, it is the same thing. Jesus has intimacy with us. Uh, and we are, we are going to respond to his voice. When others call, when other voices arrive, we ought to be just like Indy, either ignoring the voices or growling at them, which means we don't recognize your, your, your authority. That being said, Jesus talks about the reality of the thieves and the robbers. There are those who try to get us sidetracked from serving the Lord. There are those who try to lure us away and steal us away. Uh, and, you know, that's why, that is why in verse 10, Jesus said that they come to steal and kill and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. Ladies and gentlemen, at that time, of course, he is alluding to the uh, false Jewish leaders those who held double standards for themselves and everybody else, the self-serving Jewish leaders. However, if you put it put into today's mentality, we still recognize there are a lot of people who are trying to steal, to kill, and to destroy our faith that we have in Jesus Christ, who are trying to lure us away. I've been in church most of my life, and especially young people, I've seen them come to an altar of prayer, I've seen them pray, tear up, give their hearts and lives to God. And a few months later, I've seen them living like the devil, lured back, lured away from that uh, salvation experience that they had at the altar. Uh, I've seen people who have, who have served the Lord, even preached the gospel, who got lured away uh, and lived, lived like the devil for, for, for many years before ever, ever coming back to the Lord. Uh, I've seen so many people lured away, backsliders alley sometimes, they will call it. I've, I, I, I have seen it so many times. So today we have to be careful of the thieves who would try to lure us away. And I just want to give you a couple that I've noticed. Number one, the militant atheist of our day. You know, atheism has some attractive features to it because what it does, atheism takes away one of the aspects of law and order that help us keep civilized in our present age. You know, there are certain things throughout our lives that keep us in a civilized state. Law, law and order, the general thing. You have parental law. As you're growing up, you follow your parents' law. Uh, my, my bedtime growing up was 8.30. One of my best friend's bedtime was 9 o'clock. And of course, when I told my mom and dad I want to stay up to nine o'clock because my best friend could stay up nine o'clock, my mom and dad's response is, they don't live here. You live here. And our rule is, you go to bed at 8.30. You don't stay up to nine o'clock. Well, that's parental law in force. All right? Uh, we have parental law. You have school law whenever you're a child and you're in school. Even as an, you know, even as an adult, when I was in college, there was still school law. The, you know, hoops I had to jump through uh, if I wanted to meet certain honors and so on. So you have school law that's in place. Of course, you have governmental law uh, in which, you know, you know, if you're speeding down the road uh, and you're going, going faster than speed limit, you get a ticket. And, of course, all of the other severe things that could possibly happen. So, so we have that. So we have a lot of layers of law and order. But there's also Christian law, church law. There are certain expectations of being a Christian. 
For example, we follow most of the Ten Commandments. I say most of because we don't keep the Sabbath and we can study that later. But uh, we follow nine of the ten. Uh, but example, do not steal. Don't, you know, do not, do not bear false witness. Do not lie, in other words. Well, if we purposely steal and lie, we're breaking the Ten Commandments. And the church has a way of saying, you know, that doesn't quite fit into the way that we worship the Lord. Uh, because that means you need to confess your sins. Uh, so the militant atheists are trying to lure us away from the church to try to say the church doesn't have any impact on your life. When the church is the body of Christ has a huge impact on our lives. All right. Uh, there are many false teachers today uh, who try to give us, give us you know, a different means of salvation. Jesus, by saying, I am the door, he's basically saying, I'm the only way. I am, I'm the door to the sheep. Uh, I am the way. And there are many people who, who are trying to tell us other religious ways, other, other ways of doing things. You know, all ways point to God. That is a lie. There's a bumper sticker uh, that I see on, on certain cars that really bothers me. It says, coexist. But, but, but that bumper sticker, if you look at it, has the, it has the icons of various world religions. The T being the cross. Uh, you have the you know, Islamic star on there, so on. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I want to I make myself very clear. As, a, you know, as an American, as a public school teacher, I respect everybody's right to have whatever religion they want. Uh, if you want to be Muslim, you want to be Hindu, you don't want to be anything. That's fine. I, I, you know, it is your choice. However, I want to emphasize this point. It's your choice. And as your choice, you will reap the consequences of that choice. I am a Christian. And as a Christian, I firmly believe Jesus is the only door. He's the only way, the truth, and the life, which we'll talk about that one a little bit later. Uh, Jesus is the only door to the sheepfold, which means salvation only comes through him. While I respect your choice to follow whatever religious view you want, the reality is I also respect the fact you're going to reap the consequence of that choice. I, I chose Jesus when I was 10 years old. I chose him because he first chose me. And I, you know, I was saved by grace through faith at an altar of prayer at 10 years of age. And I know for an absolute certainty, Jesus is the only way. So when you listen to the Muslim, you listen to the Hindu, you listen to someone else, ladies and gentlemen, all they're trying to do is trying is, is trying to say Jesus is not the only door. They are thieves and robbers trying to steal you out of the sheepfold. That Jesus is not the only door, that there are many doors that lead to heaven. And that is a lie. Jesus is the only door. Uh, before I get off this little tangent of mine, if you don't mind, we even, we, we even find people who call themselves Christians who are trying to lead the, lead the flock astray. And they lead the flock astray by taking the emphasis off of Christ, the I am, I am the door, and trying to place the emphasis on themselves. Uh, it's, you know, it's very big in this prosperity gospel that goes around. Look at who I am. Look at what God's gifted me. I mean, I've, I've seen TV preachers, you know, who have the gift of healing, they say. And they just wave their hand. It's almost like hocus pocus or whatever. And boom, somebody's healed or, you know, or boom, you are a multimillionaire or whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to tell you, I believe in divine healing. 
I believe in divine miracles. But it's not because of who I am. It's not because of who Brother Larry is or, or whoever, the pastor, the preacher. It's not the pastor. It's not the preacher. When a miracle is performed, it is God himself performing the miracle. God. It's nothing I can do. I can't heal a hangnail, much less cancer or whatever. But I do know the one who can. I do know the master of the wind, to use the old song. Uh, I know the one who's able to heal, who's able to perform miracles, who's able to bless in mighty ways. The focus is not on me. The focus is not on the preacher. And the focus is not even on, on a local church. The focus is always on Jesus Christ. Anything else makes us thieves and robbers. We're trying to show some other way, a way which doesn't exist. Now, Jesus said, my sheep enter and leave by me. In verses 7 and 9 of chapter 10, he twice uses the phrase, I am the door. Uh, which means he is trying to stress the fact he is the only access, the only entrance and exit to this sheepfold. Now, Jesus himself tells us the meaning of this allegory. We don't have to do a lot of, a lot of figuring it out. Jesus explains it himself. Entering the sheepfold alludes to entering salvation. We are, we are talking about this saving relationship that comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus even explicitly says, I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. You see that in verse number 9. He then goes on and adds, I have come to give my sheep abundant life. I like that quote, abundant life. A picturesque way uh, of speaking of salvation in Christ. You see that in verse, verse, verse number 10. This is Jesus saying, uh, you know, basically, I am. It's this Christological study, I am. He, he is the entrance to, to life eternal. Uh, he is the one who feeds us. He is the one who protects us. He is the one who sustains us. He is the one who gives us life in all of its fullness. These are things only God can do. And Jesus is God by saying, I am the door. He speaks of himself as I am just like God did in Exodus chapter 3. I am that I am. So what's the important part of our Sunday school lesson today? As we look at Jesus being the door. The, the bottom line is, it is Jesus who will protect us, who will feed us, who will sustain us. No matter, what you, no matter what your issues are, no matter what problems you may have, Jesus is the one who feeds us. Jesus is the one who truly sustains us. Jesus says in verse number 27 of our scripture, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish no one will snatch them out of my hand. That's a blessed scripture because it is, it's just like that song that we sing, Blessed Assurance. We are, we are part of his sheepfold. He is the doorway. And he's not going to allow thieves and robbers to take us away. We hear his voice and we are truly responding to his voice. I hope today you have been blessed in our Sunday school lesson. Next week, our Sunday school lesson will actually continue with this same scripture, which is John 10, 1, 1 to 30. And we're going to be looking at Jesus, the good shepherd, wherever he says, I am the good shepherd. That is our lesson next week. I want to have a word of prayer with you. Father, we thank you again for this opportunity to study your word. 
Lord, where I have failed as a teacher, I pray, Lord, the Holy Spirit makes up the difference. For you are truly the one who teaches and reveals your word to us. I pray now divine blessing, Lord, upon everyone who's hearing me today. I pray, Lord, that you'll bless them, you will bless their families, that you will meet their needs. Lord God, that you will keep them focused upon you. We give you honor and praise for this through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed, were enriched, educated, and edified by this lesson from our adult Sunday school class. Each week, these Sunday school lessons are made available in video and audio formats. If you want to watch our weekly sermon and Sunday school videos, you can find them on our YouTube channel. Just subscribe to the channel and be sure to hit the notification bell so that you're notified when a new video is posted. For audio, you can subscribe to our podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and others. You can also find these audio recordings on our website free to download. Just visit www.portlandgbc.org. That's www.portlandgbc.org. Until next time, stay safe and may God bless you.